Ayo. Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is, is a thing. Yes, How you doing? Honestly. (laughs) Do you want me me to practice radical honesty? Yes. I'm not well. I'm not well right now, I'll be honest. I'm very, very sad. Sad. I'm about to get my period, so I'm putting it to perspective. But yeah, I have been unwell this week. You have been feeling things. You have not been unwell. You've been feeling intense emotions. Please don't um, negate my feelings as I feel them. I'm not well. I'm actually like off, really, like very angry sometimes, really, really sad. I threw a couple of things today and I don't do that. But I was on the phone with Amazon fighting about a refund and I was like, I couldn't get the operator to come on. They just kept with that same kind of automated system, and I started flipping out. And I was like, ah, and I was just like my mom, flipping out, which was not good. But I've just been really sad, and I've been, um, I think I've been feeling very overwhelmed with the podcast as well, trying to come up with interesting topics and trying to research things. And I just feel like, I'm back in that place where after work, I'm scrambling and I just don't have a lot of time. I have been working out, but I just, even that this week feels like a chore. It feels like something I have to do. And maybe it's because the last couple of weekends has, they haven't really been mine where I've been able Mm. to like, you know, rest or get my errands done or whatever. So it, it could be that as well. But yeah, I feel the pressure of needing to produce for this. Well, we should disrupt that, shouldn't we? I don't know. Let me see how I'm feeling after my period drops. Because you're just like, rest, yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I hear you, but let me just, um, yeah, let's figure that let out. Let you just wait till that, you push that feeling down. Push no, that that's inner not what voice I'm and calling and clarity I just, down. I just also know that I'm I'm struggling. But I also, in one of the topics, and I... I want to talk about it, but I'm also like, do I want to talk about it? But something that this I've been... This topic? No. Well, this one too, but something <laughs> that I've been... This topic is really good. Really good. But it's going to trigger me a little bit. But something that I've been looking into um, for us to discuss is, one, I've been trying to get in touch with this woman um, who does really great work in the eating disorder space, mm. in the space where you're obsessed about your weight. Mm-hmm. which is will be interesting, but I think it'll be a really fruitful conversation. And also another one is touch deprivation. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really want to talk about that and how to combat that. I've been trying some different remedies that I've found online and they're not working as much. Some of them I already do. Um, Cause I don't think that's something that we talk about a lot. We mm-hmm. talk a lot of like, we joke around a lot about, you know, the lack of sex one of us may be having. <laughs> and, but there is a real thing around touch detri- deprivation. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think that I'm just recognizing that as we do more episodes, it, it is the work and it takes an emotional toll. You know, like it's a lot. Like I was listening back to what we were talking about on the full moon episode. And someone, this poor girl, I want to apologize to you. I don't know your name. But she wrote and was like, y'all should revisit this when you're like a little. And I was like, what do you mean to make sure that we we actually do what we said we were going to do? And she was like, nah, it's just when y'all are more crisp. And I was like, what does that mean? And so she was like, I mean, it just sounded like y'all was kind of sleepy. And y'all need to come back when y'all are like more crisp. And I, I got a little snippy. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. Shout out to being more crisp when you're providing free content for people and like doing soul work and being vulnerable in front of folks. And she was like, oh, I didn't mean anything like that. And I, I felt bad too because I didn't, I didn't mean to come for her. But I'm just in this place where I feel like we're giving a lot of ourselves and it's requiring a lot, which is really good. I, I feel like this is... This this platform holds me accountable, but there has to be room to actually grow, too, and live. Live, yeah. 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 So some something that we'll discuss, I guess. But I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the touch deprivation. I'm, in my research, recognizing how much in a day I think about my weight and my mm. body mm-hmm. and not in a loving way of like, oh, I'm in my body. It's like, no where everything I put in my mouth is either something that I'm celebrating because it will affect Mm. my weight in a good way or something that I have shame around. Mm. And then, I mean, it's, it's just so unhealthy how I, I did this exercise where I did a check, like I wrote down a little check mark every time I thought about my weight and it was 68 times. Wow. In the day. Wow. 68. And it like breaks my heart to say that out loud. But that is the truth. So that episode will be interesting. But that's, you know, just doing some hard work over here while I'm about to get my period and I might end it soon. So we'll see. Please but don't say that. But yeah, no, I understand. Anyway. I understand. How it are has, you? It has been a lot of um unraveling unscripted unraveling (laughs) selecting topics that are pertinent to us as we are figuring them out many of which we haven't quite figured out so yeah it is real rough around the edges it is not crisp there are no periods capitals commas it is lots of run-on sentences over here and long pauses Long pauses, no <laughs> form theses, all drafts. Because honestly, it's discovery. It really like in the moment, I feel like we're discovering things yeah. and working through our answers. Like I didn't yeah. have planned answers. I didn't even look at that full moon thing. Honestly, I didn't have time before we started, it. and it was just like, okay, in this moment, how how honest can you be? And even that is a practice. It's a good practice to be able to be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
be vulnerable openly and publicly. Yikes. So. I'll say this. Okay. I'll say this. I was writing yesterday and what came up from what we're doing, I was writing about feeling really excited around around the way curls and inspired and feeling proud of the things that we've been talking about and doing. And then it came up that it feels like almost we're, we're tapping into like the art of sharing in a lot of ways mm. and to consider ourselves as artists, which is a slow process, which is an erratic process, which requires time to process stuff and can't and I and to not feel pressured, you or I to have to follow the business model of and and like figure out together how to go against the very capitalist notion of like, oh, you have to be productive and you have to like sell your art in a way, which I think we're trying to do, but there's a there's a gray area that I would love to talk to you about more and like. This is, we are in a lot of ways learning an art form in some ways, I feel like, you know, we're really like reflecting on what we're talking about. I think we're learning to be more intentional. We're learning how to share it in a way that doesn't feel like a clusterfuck to people, yeah. which is hard in itself. And yeah, to just have some grace and some time to process, I feel like feels like a fair um expectation but anyway I'm okay I um I had a really interesting night last night I I'm oh, I shout out no, to Rashid it's like no, <laughs> no I was by myself I was by oh. myself I ended up in a park in Rittenhouse by myself That's I went and got I'm myself like a glass of wine and on my way back to my car I was like oh the night's over on my way back to the car, I stumbled upon a person and a bar. This random Indian man. Here we go. <laughs> stopped me. Wait, Shanti <laughs> swears. Shanti wants to be Indian so bad. The other day she had a pimple and it was right where <laughs> they what are they, what are they called? Bendies? A bendy, yeah. Can't stand it. Anyway, this random Indian boy, 34-year-old Indian mathematician no stereotype like he's he was just like i'm really good at math who anyway he stopped me and started talk stuck talking to me was really friendly and he was like do you want to go get a drink and i was like okay (laughs) so we went to a bar and we go and we sit down and one of the people that we were sitting next to a beautiful black girl turns to me and goes oh my god I'm a big fan. I listen to the podcast. I follow the Sable Collective. Shout out to you. You know who you are. She was like, oh, she cheating on her boyfriend. Is, <laughs> yep. that, is that Rashi? I was like, oh, hey, this is juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. He. It was just a random. It was so random. And it wasn't really fun talking to him because he wasn't really a great <laughs> conversationalist. Um, but. It was it was definitely a different, a very random deviation from my everyday life. And I was like, oh, 
It's giving is... dangerous a little bit, though. A tad. A we went to a bar. I went to a very, very public place. It wasn't like, let me go to this alleyway. We were... It was strange. It was. But I I've, I've, I, read him a little bit. Not all the way, because had I read him all the way, I'd have been like, I actually don't want to talk to you for an hour and a half. <laughs> but... <laughs> Shout out to that person at the bar who was like, what the fuck? And I shout hope she out had to that your random... back. She did. That was also a good thing. She had my back. He was like, should I know? Should I know about you? I'm not going <laughs> to ask you any questions to get to know you, but <laughs> let's continue. It was funny. I love that for you. What drink did you have? I had a Negroni and then Ugh. I followed with a glass of wine, a Negro Amaro. Mm. No, because I just watched the bear, so I'm basically a okay a restaurant person. Okay, <laughs> well, I love that for you. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. A little little social outing. That's good. Random, yeah. In the I, mix. It, that's that shows you how different we are. Because had someone, some Indian man, come up to me and be like, just started talking to me, and I'm like, you want to go get a drink? But like, no, I probably <laughs> grab my pocket knife. I trust no one. So uh-uh. that's not good. Or it is. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's a little catch up. Obviously, um, we we don't normally do this on our, what is this? What are we calling this shit? More questions than answers episode. But we are, we recorded um, a different day with our lovely guests who you all heard. And um, now we're recording this episode, which I'm really excited about. But before we do, I do want to play a voicemail. Shanti, I think it would be really lovely for you to hear it. We have two. One is very, very brief. But somebody called and specifically wanted to talk to you. So, Hey, y'all. This is Demi. Um, I love this episode. Um Shout out to you, Shanti and Antoinette, always bringing the topics. Um, Shanti, I just wanted to affirm you um, in this moment, mother to mother. Um, I'm a neurodiverse black woman. My son is neurodiverse. Um, and being a parent, one of my favorite quotes is being a parent is more about learning yourself than learning your child. And like I said, I just want to just big you up for doing this hard work. It is uncomfortable. Um, it is scary at times. Um, it is triggering all of those things, but I love how you identify what kind of gets you off your rocker. You sit with it, you get to the root of it. And, and one thing that I want to remind you is that as a future matriarch and ancestor of your family, this, this hard work that you're doing, this unbreaking the cycles is going to benefit you, um, your family for generations to come. So I encourage you to keep going. Keep getting uncomfortable. Um, I think this conversation also leads into the ideas of respectability and identity politics. Um, and um, I would love for you all to delve deep into that as well, um, and just kind of like how we show up in the the world. Um, and also, I love the shroom talk. I'm a black woman, mushroom farmer out in North Carolina. Shout out to the Yoke Farm. Um, but peace, y'all. Love and life. Um, keep doing, keep doing the work. Thank you. Aww. I love that. Thank you. Wow. And what a what a nudge towards keep going. Shit. Yeah. What uh what episode was she referring to? I don't know. I oh. think she she said this episode. It was Friday. I don't know. Nope. I lose track at this Who point. She right. called this Friday, so was that child? I don't know. <laughs> 
What? What? Well, I received. Thank Maybe you it was for the that. little white lies. All right. Oh yeah, because that was when mm-hmm. you talked about JoJo and her truth and being like, I don't want to go. Da, 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 da. Wash clothes, I think. So you like my JoJo voice. Oh. Anyway, all right. I have one more. <laughs> I love this. I love this human, and you're gonna love her too. Hold on. Where is it? Oh, why, God? This is when my chest starts pounding and I can't breathe. Because where is it? Oh, okay, here we are. Hey, this is Nicole. I'm listening to the episode. And y'all not going to play me. The lady's name is Miriam Hosnaya. I've been listening to friends. And the lady's name is Hosnaya. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> I fucking love her so much. <laughs> You don't understand how happy that right. made me. I know that's motherfucking well, right. Well, Hazenea, and, and I'll take it. I know that's right. Is that her name, though? <laughs> 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 I still don't believe it. But Internet. I do believe it because Nicole says so. And she said, all right, I'm, said, I said y'all have a good I day. Said. It was that part for me. <laughs> Yo, I love Nicole. Anyway, that's it. Short and sweet this week with the voicemails because we have so many, which is really humbling and really great. And I think something that I am really interested in doing is having a full um, more questions and answers episode with all voicemails. So now is the time to get your voicemails and please call us at 215-948-2780. That's 215-948-2780. And while we really love being affirmed, we love when people call and let us know that they really enjoy the episodes and they enjoy us and they rocking with us. I am really interested in any kind of questions you have, any kind of um I guess, what is the word? <laughs> Here we go. Um, Critiques. Critique that you have on a topic, not necessarily on us because I'm feeling really tender, but <laughs> on a topic, if you disagree with us, like now is the time. So if you have anything that you just want us to discuss that we haven't touched, please, again, call us at 215-948-2780. That's, again, 215-948-2780. Shanti. Can you tell us what Patreon is? Patreon is a platform in which you can actually see us in action. You not only hear our voices, but you see the harsh lighting that I have at this moment (laughs) compared to Antoinette's soft, ambient light. We also have a little bit of foreplay before the episodes in which we argue, strategize, or continue the cackling from the episodes. So if you want to be a patron on our Patreon, please do hit us up. It's a tiered um, subscription. And I fucked up last week and I was very embarrassed in listening, talking about inflation. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I won't even go over it, but... We have not touched our prices, even though we possibly could. It's a real reasonable rate that you choose to $5, support us. So $7, that $10. We can continue to share this content with you and feel um, 
and feel like we can continue doing that. We can keep <laughs> the lights on and electricity on and have the energy flow to keep it going. So check us out at www.patreon.com backslash around the way curls. Yes, we <laughs> you did it. <laughs> That's a gurgle. So happy. Listen, when I get that number, I'm going to really fuck it up. Right Ooh, now, all I know is when I'm in a hustler, but. Um, also, big shout out to the new patrons um, DVN, Felicia, Destiny, Meet the Bridge, and Ashley. We really appreciate you coming forward and joining us and looking at our faces. Also, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share Around the Way Curls. We got a couple of really sweet um, reviews on Apple, which is honestly the one that is most important these days. So mm. please, it is, sadly. That's what, that's, what, that's what all the people go by. So please, please, if you have time, I'm sure you do. It takes two seconds. Just give us... A good rating and a bit of a review, and that would be super helpful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Okay, and so now I'm very excited about this topic. Shanti, please lead the way and guide us in. So I came across this article. I was referred by a friend to this article, and then I saw it floating around on the Ethernets. And it's by Brianne Foz, not to be confused with Brianne of Thart. Is that her name? Was it Thart? You erased it. What is her name? Brianna I didn't erase Thart. it either. I think you're thinking of Rihanna Tarth from Brianna, Game of Thrones. I thought it was Brienne. That's was her, her name? Game of Thrones. Yeah. This woman's Bri- name is Brienne as well. Anyway, Brienne <laughs> Foz wrote this article that you can find on the Boston Review entitled Nine Ways That Capitalism Is Ruining Your Sex Life. Mm. And... I find it to be 
really, really interesting and an offering to folks. I think a lot of times we think that capitalism is this separate theory or entity that doesn't necessarily function in our lives and we're not affected by um, when in reality, I feel like America, we are in the pool of capitalism. We live, breathe, our cultural values, our idea of what is valuable, what isn't, everything is entrenched and affected by notions of capitalism. So I thought this was a really um, amazing topic for us to kind of have the veil lifted and see a little bit of like, oh, is this what I've been taught? Is this what I really believe? Or am I just influenced by capitalism? And, and how can we begin to start um, breaking, breaking from these notions and, and being more creative and intentional with um, our lives? And so we talked about it before in a past episode, half-wittedly probably, about what capitalism is. But I took this um, definition from the podcast Upstream that I keep talking about. Again, if this is something that you guys are interested in and understanding the effects of capitalism um, on us, you guys should check out Upstream podcast. But there was an interview with a woman that wrote A People's Guide to Capitalism by Hadis Thayer. And she, de she describes or defines capitalism as a political and economic system that is based on a relationship of exploitation and is fundamentally concerned with the production of goods and services for sale on the market. And Brienne, the writer of this article kind of connects that and says that people have become habituated to treat their social connections and intimate relationships more as commodities than as relations with intrinsic value. Capitalism intrudes upon and infiltrates seemingly non-economic aspects of life, such as friendship, leisure, and family. And so even though we're not necessarily, you know, doing the labor of work it feels like our lives have become this extension of being a laborer, of being obsessed with productivity, of being obsessed with getting things or selling things. So she goes mm. down these 10 ways in which capitalism ruining our sex life. And I'm just going to list them first and then we're going to dive in. But she lists the first one as aversion to leisure and rest. Second, orgasm as a product. Third, talking about sex rather than having sex. Four, insistence that sex is dirty. Five, negativity toward emotions and desires. Six, dominant slash submission dynamics. Seven, fusion of sex and consumerism. Eight, sex work without sex workers and nine, foreclosure of sexual possibilities. So we're going to dive in. Um, I wanted to share her excerpts. So I'm going to be reading um, little excerpts from each of these points that she's making. And then Antoinette and I, we can talk about it. So we're going to go to the first one, aversion to leisure and rest. 
And Brianne says, this internalized distrust of pleasure has led to a variety of sexual symptoms that reveal the deep deep deprioritization of pleasure and the devaluing of slow moving sex based on mutuality. We have less time for sex in general. So instead we have quickies or fast sex that is typically less pleasurable for women and virtual sex instead of in-person sex. Now, internet, (laughs) I know you're going to be like this. None of this applies to me, (laughs) but still you are a sexual being and you think about sex. I know you do. You probably think about it often. We all do. So it is still applicable. Um, how do you relate to this idea of aversion to leisure and rest? And maybe it's not to the actual act of sex, but to the idea of pleasure and desire. Um, I relate to it, one, because when you sent me the article to read, I didn't have time to sit down and read it. So I Mm. highlighted it and hit the speak option on my computer so that I could multitask and make myself some food while the computer read it to me. Mm. So that's one. So when it started here, I was like, oh, well, (laughs) there you have it. Um, Two, uh, I think that I relate to it, not obviously not with having someone to have sex with, but even with pleasure and with self-pleasure, even if it's sexual Mm. in nature, or intimate in nature. Um, There isn't a lot of time for intimacy, even with myself. Mm. I have noticed that, one, I've stopped self-pleasuring. I've have recently. I have. I have uh, this month, a little bit, last month as well, like about a month now, just because I recognized that I wasn't taking time with myself. I was going to like, my go-to shit and just getting it done and and it was losing its value the mm. the orgasms were not as strong or I couldn't orgasm at all mm. and it, and then I was stuck on like well is that why you're doing it just to feel that sensation like what's happening here why are you doing it um and then I was honestly worried that I was desensitizing myself as well so I stopped and then I was also frustrated that I can't do it without or I'm not I can do it but it's not as pleasurable without a toy. Um, And so I didn't have a lot of... So instead, I just decided to try to get back in my body. But I remember when I was partnered, um, I think there was... We we made sure there were time. There was time for um, intimacy and time for sex. It was a priority. And when it wasn't, I it was a telltale sign that something was off either with mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. or whether it be our jobs are off. It might not be within the relationship, but something was in the way of us really connecting and enjoying ourselves. So that's how I relate to it. I mean, I think it's completely accurate. I, at this point, as 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 much as I would love to be partnered, I don't know how I would make time for it. Mm. I really don't. That's when like I Like when I in. think about all the things that we do yep. throughout the week, I'm like, I don't know when you having sex, girl. You just sneaking. When you having sex, Shanti? I think, I, <laughs> I think, and, and the writer touches on this, how this all intersects with gender as well. 
Mm. Because I'm a mom and I'm Mm. pretty much the sole provider for my child and caretaker. So I'm tired. I'm tired a lot. And I find even last night when I had a moment to myself and I wasn't with my partner, nor was I with my child, I was seeking pleasure, but I find that a lot of the pleasure that I seek or my form of release is around numbing myself or or zoning out in a way. So like if I have a moment to myself, I want to go watch a show. I want to like zone out. If and then and I think this is just American culture and just me figuring my shit out. If I have a moment to myself or like it's a pleasure thing, it's like, oh let's go get a drink. And there's this like intoxication or this distraction that I have been conflating with pleasure and, and, and like release in a way that I know is not the same as when you're in the zone with your partner and you're not intoxicated and you just are in this spaceless, timeless place that requires presence. And I, I know from myself, um, because I'm very busy and my partner's also very busy and we don't cohabitate, there is this, there was so much time that's required for our nervous systems to even sync. I'm not 20, 17 years old where I'm just like jumping bones with somebody. It's like, I have to calm the fuck down Mm. before I can even get in the arousal state with you. And that requires time. And that feels like, it feels like a mind fuck or it feels like a failure in a way that it's like, damn, we don't even have enough time to get into the zone with each other or what's wrong with me that like, I can't calm myself down so that I can be present with you because I'm so gassed up and thinking about what I have to do the next day and then already lamenting that I don't have time with this person that I should have. So yeah, it that is... That is definitely my experience of not having the leisure and the rest to even be present and calm down and get in sync with somebody to enjoy and and again searching for the release in a numbing thing versus something that's more enlivening and you also have here just um sex feel productive. And I feel like there are plenty of folks in relationships where they feel like they have to fulfill mm-hmm. their partner's sexual wish, you know, desires mm-hmm. and wishes, even when they're tired. It becomes when they, a job. It's a becomes a job. And so it's not rooted in pleasure or connection at all. Or Just connection. another fucking thing to check off the list, which is sad. I, I think... I think that is probably the root of so much of this is that capitalism or this, um, the way that we're all on go mode all the time just erodes connection in a, in a way that mm. it takes such a long time to get back to. Even in our friendships, like you throw all of us in the same room, it takes us about a good three hours for us to like feel like who. Oh. I think all of us, I think when we first get together, it's kind of like, okay. And then at least for me, I'll speak for myself. It takes me a good like minute to like calm down and get in flow and relax. 
That's interesting. I, I do feel like that. That's interesting. I feel like that for a lot. That that's just I guess that's my shit, but I feel that way. Okay. <sighs> Number two, orga- orgasm as a product. Ciao. Brianne writes. Couples in therapy not infrequently characterize orgasm as a necessary for sex to even count as sex. Mm. What's the point otherwise is a claim I often hear. Sex without orgasm or sex that does not purposely drive toward orgasm as a goal is less and less validated as good sex. Mm. Mm. I Unpopular opinion. <laughs> If I, so I can orgasm alone and I, I don't identify with this. Well, one, I betrayed myself by lying and saying I was orgasming, right? But two, it didn't mean I did that because of the little white lies. I couldn't be, I couldn't be radically honest with my partner because of my own maturity and I thought I would hurt their feelings. But it didn't mean that I wasn't feeling pleasure and enjoying sex. So unpopular opinion, I would take the times where I felt really connected with a partner and really seen and loved and safe over me with a vibrator orgasming. Of course. At orgasm any day, any mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. The, the intimacy of that, the closeness, the care, and the intention... You can't beat. You can't beat that. Amen. And so I, I don't I don't identify with this, but I know a lot of people that do. I know a lot of especially women who are like, if I'm not nothing then and and, and honestly men, because I, I can't I think there's I lots of men that don't that don't orgasm easily the way that we assume men are and they feel pressure by the woman or the woman's like what's the fuck is wrong with you or you're not enjoying it or they think they're not doing something right and then me yeah yeah and then the men are in this weird predicament where they can't fully be themselves or be present because everybody's preoccupied with orgasming yeah it becomes this yeah it becomes a product like oh that equals good sex just like you said, and niggas can be orgasming, nothing all over the place, and not present, not really enjoying the act, not liking the person that they're even having sex with. Yeah. The idea, I have friends that, that have told me that after they came, they just wanted to get up and fucking run from the person wow. that they were with. And I That's just can't terrible. imagine it. Can't imagine it. There are people having sex without kissing. There's all kinds of shit going down. I'm like, for what? Why? 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 Yeah. Why? Yeah. I think, I think too, the same way that you want to kind of numb yourself, um, sometimes with a television show or whatever the case is, that's the same thing with folks and sex is that there are definitely folks that use sex as a numbing agent. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. But I, I would be very excited to meet the man, because I date men, um, who was less, less preoccupied with him, with orgasming, even him, you know, who was really interested and the expiration and the possibilities between the two of us 
and like maybe even like withholding an orgasm yeah i mean that was all on that show that you were excited about like that is the baseline for tantric sex is that you don't orgasm is that you just stay in this prolonged place of pleasure it's also like this prolonged place of presence and pleasure with somebody and orgasm cuts that off but but that's interesting Mm. Yeah. yeah, where the niggas that doing the tantric shit at? It's where sliding the, that ain't the DMs. <laughs> What's that nigga's name? What was the name? Uh, the rapper boy. We just watched him. Oh God, and he was like, Shanti. I don't come, I don't come no more. Kevin Yates. I don't, <laughs> I don't want Kevin Yates. He's like, cause then I'm a piss all on a spit in the mouth. I was like, bro, what? That leads us to number three. <laughs> Talking about sex rather than having sex. Mm. Brianne writes, in short. People value discourse about sex more than sex itself, which then allows sex to become a product sold, talked about, and imagined in the public marketplace. People make less and less room for sex in their lives, have less and less time to devote to it, and have less and less acknowledgement of its value to their lives in general. This podcast fucking world these days? I get into it even more. I'm so sick of it and I I need to shut up because I know half the folks, but I'm so sick of this clickbaity. I just going to tell the raunchiest stories that I can tell to, I'm just over it. And and all of it sounds like really awful sex to me. Like you might be having a ton of it and people think that I'm a prude and all this shit, but guess what? Your sex sucks. Like I can hear it. It just doesn't sound. It just sounds corny. It sounds, it it sounds pedestrian. I mean, and but it goes along with the whole idea that sex sells. We are, which then who's who's getting objectified? Who's it gets it gets real tricky with that. But yeah, I'm so tired of talking about people talking about having sex. It it is. It's not. It, it's not that it's nasty. Oh, that leads me to number four. <laughs> but wait, it, it, I'm not. Wait, well. it, it it is. And the people who are talking about having sex are, you know, performing the act or ha- engaged in the act of it, right? I think when it comes to if you're talking about sex a lot with your partner and not having mm. sex, like that's very interesting to me. Um, I, I don't think know. partners probably don't have talk about sex enough. I agree. That's where I was going with that. I was like, that's very interesting. I say that when I don't agree with something. I'm learning. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think that sex needs to be talked about a lot more with your partner in a very open way. And it can be incredibly exciting. Like, I, I'll never forget um, when Jason Rosario was on the podcast and he was talking about consent. And he was like, it can be incredibly sexy to look at a woman and say, can I kiss you right now? You know, and just putting it out there. And and if you have those kind of open discussions around, you know, can I kiss you? Can we try this? What are you interested in? How do you feel? You know, what do you want to... All of those things. How did you feel? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important. And there, it, you get a little more comfortable. And maybe you don't need as much time for your... To sync up. Mm. You know? I remember when I was partnered, we talked about sex a lot. (laughs) We 
talked about Y'all it. Y'all had like phone sex, but you guys were like no, doing phone sex. we weren't sex. having phone sex. It wasn't like, and then I'm going to put my hand. I, I don't like that. At, I, it doesn't really, I don't know how to write. Like, and then I stroked and your then heart. I took your member into my mouth. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. But we talked about. The, our desire to have sex with each other mm-hmm. and very specifically of like, this is what I want right now. You know, what I want right now. This is what, how you sounded the other night, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you felt like, mm-hmm. what I'm daydreaming about. All of that stuff I think is really important. And yeah, I, I, I think instead of talking about it so much on these fucking podcasts and these platforms Publicly? to get a couple likes... Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's really talk about it in private. See where that gets us. Insistence number four: insistence that sex is dirty. Mm. Brienne writes. These examples collectively suggest that our ability to imagine sexuality outside of dirtiness and taboo has become severely limited. Dirtiness also informs how people formulate sexual fantasies, both during partnered sex and during masturbation. Women learn to fantasize about and eroticize their own lack of agency and power, being done to rather than doing things to others. Porn is rife with depictions of women that show them as objects of humiliation, degradation, and violence. Black poet and critic Audre Lorde offered a distinctive, a distinction between the erotic and the pornographic. The erotic she held encompassed the life-sustaining and joy-producing qualities of sex, while the pornographic was power-based, emphasized inequality, and treated sex as dirty. Everything is written in that. That is everything. You're reading it like me a little bit, but that is everything. (laughs) But I it 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 goes back. It is like sex is dirty, and then to, again to emphasize how the collective has been talking about sex in the most dirtiest and raunchiest of yes. ways. And the the pornographic, mm-hmm. the I think the humiliation, the degradation, the violence is where the dirtiness comes in. It doesn't have to be that. And I also I don't want to kink shame anyone. Because there are people who are really interested in bondage. There are people who are really interested in, um, you know, the dom versus the sub um, kind of approach to sex, which I get. I think it could be a sacred thing. Yeah. But that is not rooted. I don't think it's rooted in humiliation. It's rooted in a release and care. I actually I would love to have her on the podcast when I was speaking to the dominatrix that I met. That that is, is specifically what she said. That there are a lot of people who have to be fully in control all of the time in their lives, and that is where they go mm-hmm. to just release control. And it's not um, it's not rooted in shame and humiliation. It's rooted in like I love care. Yeah, a level of care, which it's hard for us to wrap our brains around. But I do think you know when. When we're talking about it, the masses is talking about it in such a way, whether it's music, podcasts, mostly podcasts, but and music, uh, even books. Shout out to Zane and them. Like, um, <laughs> it just, 
I don't want to sound like a prude, but there is a cheapness to it. There is a a depth that I think that we're all failing to reach. And I don't know if you have to, and a lot of people will say to me, the pushback that I get from folks in my life is like, it doesn't have to be deep all the time. And no, it doesn't, but it can still be rooted in care. Even if it's a, a one night stand, it can still be rooted in like, in this moment, there's care. It can still be exciting. It can still be all of those things, but it, it just, I just think that we've, the pornographic, we've, we've, we fucked it all up. Well, I think it's, I think it's a purse. It's a deeply personal thing. And so mm. if you are participating in these acts, if you are doing the performance of being dirty and all this stuff, but you are really disconnected from how you really feel about mm-hmm. this shit, if it's mm-hmm. not tapped into a space of, in, in li- it makes you feel enlivened and right. it's not generative, then then you may be being robbed. Somehow you're being robbed of that through you perpetuating this other thing, Agreed. like this other thing that's, again, this capitalistic objectifying. Because all of this shit just intersects. It's a thin line before it goes to another place of like where you're losing your power. Like you can be right. super powerful in it or you can be... Yeah, surrendering so much of your your life force yeah, in this it's all, shit. It's about your intention, right? Like if you're doing it for the that capitalist payback of like, oh, I need the clicks, I need the likes, I can grow my platform like this, I can do this, like the song's gonna sell, the this. Are you really in control at all? Right? Yeah. Where are you in that? Where are where, you? All, where are all, you? All you are is just a part of the machine. You're just doing right. what you think you should be doing. Where are you in it? I, 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 I sometimes ask myself, what if I was really impressed with Lovecraft Country and whoever was on set and helped with their sex scenes, mm. I was really impressed with it because it was very shocking. If you remember when Jonathan Majors and Journey first have sex, none of that was it, rooted in any kind of pleasure for her. Mm. And it and it upset me a little bit. I was like, oh, really? That's what y'all did? And then you saw him slowly start to care for her more and more and connect with her more and more. And you saw the shift. Unpopular opinion. He loved that Korean woman more than her, but he was he did. that little spider hair. He lady loved down. her. He he loved Ooh, her. Those but he sex was, scenes. He was dedicated to Journey. But anyway, <laughs> what if we grew up, you know, with with more of that? It, also Bridgerton. I don't know if you watch Bridgerton. Did you? No, ma'am. I okay. have no intention of ever watching that as well. It's I'm actually so it's actually quite good. It's very interesting. I, I I didn't want to, but you would be really impressed with how those sex scenes were handled. And there's a point where he he's he they have not had sex yet and spoiler alert from I'm not saying the people but there's a there's a couple that have not had sex yet and he tells her um he kind of whispers to her tonight like put your hand between your legs and touch around and see what you feel. And then time passes, they're alone they're about to have sex. He's on top of her and he says, did you touch yourself the way I told you to? And she's like, yeah. Like she, she kind of bashfully was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, do it. 
And she was like, I can't. Like, I couldn't in front of you. And he was like, <laughs> like, we're married. You can. And, like, guides her hand and makes sure that she is in touch with her pleasure. Mm-hmm. And really focuses in on her a bit. Mm-hmm. What if that was what we saw? I think it would change so much. It would, it would change, I think, how we relate to one another. It's mm-hmm. not this, even with this whole idea of I'm a city girl, I got to get mine, give me your money. Like You humanize and value someone when you care about how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are moving through life without caring about, really caring about one another. Well, we don't know how we really feel 99.9% of the time. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, I don't know. I, I, would, I would love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that things are shifting, but I just... Shout out to whoever those folks were who helped guide that. Even insecure sex scenes I thought were trash. Lit. Oh, Liddy? Oh, you thought they were lit. I thought they I I were like... I just like to watch them, but again, that was probably from... A, ooh, I just spit everywhere. From a pornographic porn point of yeah, view. And I also just seeing I, black bodies... Yeah, kind of, of course. Like that. They I were just lit beautifully. I, th- I thought the one that was the best was Issa and Daniel when she cheated, unfortunately. That was the most intimate. But the rest of it was just like, you know, oh, now we're fucking. It's like, yeah. I get it. Sometimes it is that. Sometimes, Sometimes it is that. Fucking. But I think we need to see something else. And like, I think we need to intentionally support something else. That makes sense. I'll say this. Um, I've, I think everybody should go listen to, oh, fuck. Internet. Is it the daily about abortion? A tale of two abortions? Yes. It's a, it is the most beautiful journalism that I have listened to. I wept listening mm. to it. It, account, it follows two black women in Louisiana who had abortions when or got pregnant when they were 16 and then their stories and how it connects to what their opinions of abortion are now. But aside from the stances of abortion and the consequences of being um, pregnant and 16, what I felt the most and what was a beautiful reminder for me in raising a young girl who's coming into her sexuality is the power of choice Mm. and teaching her that she has options And that the decisions that she makes around who she has sex with, how she has sex, what she does from the fruits of her sex are deeply centered in her decision. And so, like, how do you you have to know how you feel about something and you have to trust yourself and you have to have um, agency in order to make the best choices for yourself. And it feels like a lot of what gets robbed of us is our sense of agency and our attention to how we really feel about things. I know Mm. I was having sex at a very young age, completely powerless in so many ways. I had no sense of what my power Mm. was. It could have been. And I think I'm just now learning how to... um, step into that but that leads us to number six dominant submission dynamics Brianne writes capitalism insists that power imbalances must infuse erotic thought and experience as much as they do every other aspect of life under itself 
People have become so accustomed to power structures, hierarchies, and inequalities in their work lives that they now eagerly recreate those dynamics in their sexual lives as well. The permeation of dominant submission dynamics or the insistence that one person is in charge and the other is not perpetuates the idea that people cannot share power equally. Sex as a surrendering of power or a taking of power has become normative. I think this is deeply connected to um, as well. And we didn't touch on that point that Brienne wrote about was that women are often things are done to them mm-hmm. and not for them. I know, sorry, this light is hurting my eyes. I know that <laughs> I have people in my life who like to dominate men quite a bit and they like to turn them out. And yeah. I think that that's deeply rooted in them not feeling in control in when when they were in certain spaces especially this world and um needing when to you establish say this world, that what world uh, well, the world this, in general this capitalist society okay. mm-hmm. patriarch what what are mm-hmm. the what's the bell hooks capitalist we imperialist gotta we got to capitalist <laughs> imperialist capitalist patriarchy white supremacy thank you in in that world <laughs> um <laughs> And so they, they've just completely been, been like in their sex life, they are going to be in control. And then I have people in my life who I know are for the taking. They are going to do anything and everything their partner says. I would be really interested to know how this works in, with couples who are non-binary. Mm. Um, because I think gender does play such a role in it just because it plays such a role in our lives. So if there's two non-binary folks in a relationship, what does that do for the relationship? Um, Personally, I have definitely, I can definitely relate to both sides of that and being rejected if I was dominating, Mm. mostly being met with rejection. There was one person who that, that excited them. Um, but for the most part, I think the idea is that we need to be for the taking and that there is definitely a power struggle within the dynamics of sex. Again, I don't know how, I don't know if there is power dynamics in connection. I don't, I don't see that. I think that you, there's role playing that exists, but that I think that's very different between feeling an intrinsic power struggle within your sexual relationships. I've been um, I've been reflecting on even before it gets to sex, how we value each other. Also, in the ethos of podcasts and just the everybody's chatter is this idea of being worthy of a certain type of partner depending on their status in the world. And like, I'm not at this person's level. I should be here or these niggas ain't going to get this shit. They ain't getting this unless they're giving me this. And like, it, it all becomes super transactional. And that definitely probably goes into your, how can you be connected or feel equal to somebody energetically if you feel superior? 
if you feel superior to them in the world, like you, I hold more value, my life is more important than your life, period. Or if they feel superior to you, how does that work? Exactly. Yeah. I'm so saying I, all this, but I think I just said to you the other day that I wasn't on somebody's level. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that, and then it becomes a power thing. Yeah. It, it definitely, be, I think we all feel it. And as women, we're looking like who, this is really hard for me because you want to be with somebody that financially is like you're supporting that person and then you it, you you beef up you get big like i'm the one doing all this shit mm. i shouldn't have to be doing this that's a really hard one to um to break away from i guess the only way is to just be honest and talk to the person of like you kind of turn me off cuz you're broke <laughs> well or to be honest and talk to yourself it's one thing to be broke. It's another thing to be lazy and uninspired and, I guess, just complacent. That's different. And, and that's my thing is that the value system can't be determined by the dollar sign because there's a lot of hard, I, I, there's a lot of hardworking, dynamic, incredible people who might not make a ton of money. That's, that's, there you go. Then you get into that you, capitalism, the biggest but error. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But I'm mm-hmm. serious. Like that's a conversation you have to have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Why are you not valuing that person? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you shift in your mind. It's like, all right, it's not a value thing. It's literally, it's a lifestyle thing, but then you have to deal with the repercussions of that. You know, if you trade off, well, I want somebody who has this much money and this, this, and this, and can't afford to do this, this, and this with me, you might not get the best person. No. And you got to be okay with that. I, I feel like connection should be the foundation for it. Because also, of the men that I... Damn, I just gendered them. Of the people that I know that are... Um, that I labeled lazy, incompetent, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah we're dealing with really um, deep self-esteem and trauma Mm. issues and like cognitive neural shit that we just dismiss them. You ain't shit. Men ain't shit when they're like reeling or in deep process or trying to find the language for like, why can't I keep a job? Why can't I feel inspired in this thing? And, and often women are, will dismiss that. Because we don't have time for that because we're exhausted by capitalism because we're doing all of the fucking work. And it's, we ain't saints. Anyway, I need to go to therapy. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. This is, I think that, I think that we should revisit as well fi- finances within a relationship because that's always something that's very interesting. Um, last thing I'll say is that, um, again, if if that is the case, I, I encourage people that when they are in in partnership or pursuing someone or being pursued by someone, does that person inspire you? Does that person make you feel more at home in yourself? If so, then they're not lazy and they're not all these things. Like I think that the root of of why of why it bothers you. Of, of if they don't have a ton of money, why does that bother you so much? You That is your self-work to do. 
That's not on them. You need to understand what that's about. And if it's, I'm fucking tired, I need help, be honest about that. It's not about money. It's about this deeper thing of not feeling It's not about money. Seen. Word. It's not. It's, yeah. it's, I need help. I'm tired. Yeah. I cannot, I need to have somebody split bills with me. Mm-hmm. Or if it's, this person feels fucking lazy and I'm working my ass off and I just feel like I'm dragging them along. They don't inspire you. They don't make you better. And that they might be dealing with stuff, but it could be that. And then you have that conversation with And then with you're that doing this enabling thing where you are like enabling their, their stuff by you taking on the extra work and then... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. Number seven, fusion of sex and consumerism. Ugh. Brianne says, people have increasingly turned to sex toys to help them fulfill or enhance their sex lives. This means that women increasingly masturbate using sex toys instead of their fingers and partnered sex more often includes devices and gadgets meant to enhance sexual pleasure. Sex toys can change people's sense of their sexual possibilities. I just spoke on this. I just spoke on this. This is my rejection of it at this point. Mm. I, I'm personally rejecting it, not because I think they're wrong to use. I'm personally rejecting it because I feel I, I feel um, enslaved to it a bit. Mm. I feel like it's an, a necessity, and I don't want that. Um, I, I also... It, I, I do feel like it is consumerism at this point. I do feel like it's like, oh, what's the next best orgasm I can reach? Mm. Should I get the rose toy? Should mm. I get this? Oh, I'm going to get galaxy lights. Oh, and then this shit makes my actual clitoris come off and dance around the room and come back on. Like, it, <laughs> It's just at the point where it's like, wait. It feels like self-care and how that has been commodified, how that has been Mm -hmm. like, oh, you need this candle in order Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. happy and to be performing Mm self-care. You need this bath wash. You need this pussy power wash and you need these crystals and and you need all this shit for you to get centered in yourself. And You can buy all of those things at the Sable Collective (laughs) as well. Did you see me stop? We don't have sex toys working on that, possibly. (laughs) But if you do want crystals and things to perform the acts of self-care without actually caring for self, I got you, (laughs) nigga. I heard myself and I stopped because I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) But no, these things help. They they can assist you. They They're can tools they can serve to get as into reminder. The They're tools. Yeah. yeah. But you have to be doing the work. Now the sex toys and as a replace sex toys could never replace intimacy. They can never replace connection. They can never replace the feeling of being naked and and laying on somebody's chest and hearing their heartbeat and having it go up and down. Of hearing a man moan in your fucking ear. A person ear. moan. Yeah. Excuse me. For me a man. Woo! <laughs> they could never replace it. How could they to feel their hands on your body? What is that rose toy really doing? Some bitches is like a whole fucking lot. Okay, no, of course, in the moment, yes. But for me, I feel just as as um, lonely afterwards. Mm. It might, and and I'm and I'm not knocking it. For me, right now, I was using self pleasure definitely as a means 
to um, help with depression. You know, there is, I mean, scientific proof that when you have an orgasm, it can relieve headaches. It can, it can, it releases, what is it? The oxytocin? Oxytocin, yeah. It releases that in your brain and it automatically is a mood lifter. I get it. But if you're doing that by, if you're having the orgasm really quickly and not taking the time to really fully experience it, if you're looking at this porn and you're going to your go-to video to just shoot it off. And then most people, when they're done orgasming, look at the porn that they're watching. They're like, this is fucking Shame. gross. And I'm ashamed. Shame. And turn, Shame. And turn it off. If that's the feeling, then we need to, I think, do a little more discovery around self-pleasure. Word. Number eight, sex work without sex workers. Brienne writes... <laughs> Traces of sex work appear everywhere in women's descriptions of their sexual lives, from explicit sexual exchanges, women women giving husbands oral sex in exchange for them doing the dishes, to implicit notions of validating sexual labor, loudly moaning during sex to show that a partner's sexual efforts have positive outcomes. So it's it's a it's the performance. Of sex. You are you are performing sexual labor at this point rather than really in the presence of pleasure and enjoying it. She goes on to talk about how we actually name some of these things a hand job, a blow job, yada yada yada. Um Yes. I oh I didn't I this isn't on there. Hmm. Damn. What's wrong? Never mind. Um, I missed. I missed one. Maybe yeah, I. Yeah, you said there were ten, and you only read off nine. But no, I there's only it. nine. There's only nine. Okay. Um, mm. I think this one is really important. Um, and I was going to uh, make this point for our connection to emotions and desires, but I feel like. For women especially, I'm so curious for men. Y'all, I, I, y'all really need to speak up about shit. But how many times have you had sex and you didn't want to, mm. but you did? And you went numb and you had your out-of-body experience. I could cry. Mm. I mean, far less. But especially when I was a younger woman and I was, you know, yeah, doing the thing of what a what a what a a, a person a, a sex sexy partner does. It was so much performance, and it was so much numbness and out of body experiences. Yeah, and you're not even getting paid for it. You're not even getting up. You're getting dropped your due for that sweet vagina you giving up. Giving up, and that giving giving it up. up. See. Even the language around it, it's just mind-blowing to me. <sighs> Young girls are taught not to give their virginity up in a way. And then they're taking some nigga shit. You <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of sex workers out there these days. I, are I we sex to... workers? Are you a sex worker listening? Yeah, I think ask yourself, are you I just mean I think it? half the city girls up are sex workers and I'm not shaming it 
just saying what it is. That was an unpopular opinion my girlfriend Mandy had on, I think it was See the Thing Is or Horrible, where she was like, all you, all of us bitches are sex workers. She was like, I was a sex worker. Sometimes I still, <laughs> I still am. But this is for the, this is, this is for the folks that are doing the performance and the labor of sex, and you're not even getting flued out. You're not getting fifty grand or however much. It's still performance and labor, and it's still connected to capitalism. If you're getting flued out and mm-hmm. getting ten thousand dollars on the table for it. It's still deeply rooted in capitalism and having to survive in this capitalist world. I know that I used to, I told y'all I was a honey. I have a theater degree acting. I, I can, I know that there are men that would be baffled. Like how, how was that not real? You didn't come. No, I didn't. I figured out a way to make the inside of my body quiver so you could get off of me. Oh. <laughs> okay? I'm serious. It is, it's a shame. Shame. There were plenty of times when I was like, okay, no. And sometimes it, 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 it does make me sad. Some of them are funny occurrences and, you, you know, you can look back and laugh. But sometimes they're, 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 they, 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 Deeply it's, hurt you. It's such a betrayal. We go back to that. It's a betrayal. It's it such a, a betrayal of betrayal. yourself. And it's I a, think that this is especially important for people who have sexual trauma. Mm. I think if you have sexual trauma, a lot of people, and for those of you who are new to the podcast, I do. I was I was molested and raped when I was coming up as a young girl. And you learn how to gloss it over. Mm. During the act, mm-hmm. you learn maybe not perform, but to how to leave your body, leave your body in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not even here, mm. right? And so to do that again, to repeat that, is something that any survivor, please, please, it, it please don't do that. Please try to practice. Um, radical honesty in those moments. It will be so much more freeing. I have to say that I have not done that yet. I have Mm. never been with a partner and been, I have been with a partner and been uncomfortable or not just not wanting to have sex. Right. And, and I have never stopped it. And it makes me really sad because it makes me question if I really have completely healed from, from what I experienced as a young person, but I don't ever want to tap back into that skill of numbing myself and leaving my body. When you're taught from a very young age to do things that you don't want to do, this is how we (laughs) are raised. This is how we perform in our work. This Mm -hmm. is how we perform in our family life. Yeah. Of course it's going to go and spill into how we act in sex. That's what capitalism does. You do things because you have to do it because that this is what, this is all we know. This is what you're told to do. This is how it's done. And the product and, and you get a reward somehow at the end, you get a happy husband you get a man mm-hmm. that won't cheat on you. 
you get your college degree, you get your white picket fence. Like it's all just child. Number nine. This is what really um, is probably the most frustrating, but the most exciting for me. Foreclosure of sexual possibilities. Brienne writes, perhaps the single most catastrophic way that U.S. capitalism destroys our sex life is by foreclosing certain kinds of sexual possibilities. As feminist philosopher Avital Ronell writes in Stupidity, work makes people stupid, depriving them of essential types of non-production, leisure, meditation, play. It becomes static, predictable, driven underground, quarantined to the bedroom, and cordoned off from other aspects of our lives. People stop asking what else sex could be, what else it could look like. They stop imagining differently. We must make room for a sexually we must make room for a sexuality full of rebellious impulses, creativity, inspiration, fever, energy, and power. <laughs> One that stands in opposition to capitalism. Fervor. How could sex fervor? How could sex serve as a force that undermines or even destroys the oppressive institutions of our time? Now, this is the shit that I'm talking about because I know when we talk about politics, when we talk about economics, it's always like, this is the way things are. We just have to disrupt the way things are. And I'm like, no. And then you're like, well, what else do we do? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I, it feels like we are so out of practice of possibility and real creativity. Everything is predictable everything is like this is what we've been doing this is how you do it and we're cut off from possibility we're cut off from imagination and I feel like that is as reflections of God our innate power is in our creativity it is in our ability to have something come to our mind and make it happen and we're so cut off from imagining anything else but what is. We're so cut off from thinking of sex as, you know, a man pursuing a woman, a woman playing a, a tease and then, you know, surrendering herself and being this freak nasty drawn in the bed that does all types of shit that he asks so that she can keep him and then is a lady in the street. Like there's, there's so much to be explored and it's, it feels like a huge responsibility to me because I often don't know what else is possible because I'm tired or because I'm scared or because I'm scared of the vulnerability of like doing something different. But I, I, if there's anything that we can do is to, is to just name and have faith that there are possibilities in something else. I don't know what that shit is. I don't know what else America and the global West or the world is going to look like post-capitalism, but this shit hasn't been here this entirety of humanity and it's definitely unsustainable and has to go and something else is going to replace it. Gender binary hasn't been here forever. It's going to have to go. Something else is going to replace it. And like, what do we 
imagine that being and why can't we imagine anything different? I, I think I hear you. And I think that the thing that stood out to me in this passage um, was depriving them of essential types of non-production, leisure, meditation, and play. And I think play is so important. I think, Shanti, when we're feeling that kind of mundane, everything is typical, everything is by the book, and we don't even know what the possibilities are, that's when you just play. And that's when you just throw yourself into play. I, I remember with, again, my last partner, there was a lot of play involved. We had a lot of bullshit in our relationship, but sex was not an issue for for a, a good chunk of it. And when again, when we lost play, that was when we lost it all. But we would play so much, whether we were rapping, whether we were dancing around the house, whether we were on bikes in the rain, mm. whatever it was, a concert being silly, Whatever it was, there was a lot of play, a lot of frolic, a lot mm-hmm. of just like we're out and about. Mm-hmm. And so that f- spilled into us being creative with the ways in which we loved Volunteer. one another, yeah. connected yeah. with one another, the mm-hmm. way that we spoke about sex. Mm-hmm. All of those things fell into place because I think that there was a playful flow. Mm-hmm. But I think within life, we talk about you know, you were doing the art artist way pages. I don't know if you stopped or if you continue, but we've been talking about how can we bring more play into our lives. And we have to, we have to, we have to have more playful episodes, not for ratings, but for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that might take us somewhere. You just never know. We have to have nights where we're just dancing. We, I can't tell you the last time I sat down and just like colored, you know, like all of that is like so important. Color? I used to. I'm I can't you tell you the last things. time I did it. I don't even have a coloring supplies or anything. Oh, but those types of things know. are so important. Mm-hmm. What what does that un- unleash in us? You know, and right West, now in yeah. in this very moment, there is someone outside my window. Honking their, just sitting on their horn. I'm sure that someone double parked them in the spot and they can't get out. I'm sure that's what's happening because it's fucking Flatbush. I want to go outside and like dance around their car at this point and just see what happens. What happens to that person? Like, are you mad at me? Like, what is it? I just feel like that person is so frustrated with the fucking day. I was so frustrated today. I, I was... I told you, throwing shit around. I was on the verge of tears when we first started this episode. Mm. But I swear to God, when we're done, I'm going to put my headphones in and dance around this house. I have to because that's like, what it, what it, or sing or something. There has to be a creative outlet, and that spills into priority. It's, yeah. it's a priority. It's numero uno. And I think that that's how you disrupt this shit and change the dynamics and open Mm. up more space for you to envision different possibilities is it has to be a priority. It's not when I have time after I do all my work. No disrespect to what you're saying. I think that is super important, but it's like 
I have to do these writing pages. I have to have space in my day or my week where I can meander for two hours and have to do nothing. Or, or allow for it to or or allow for it to happen. Because the last thing you want it to be is another job. I don't but want you it to have be another job, the space but it, for it, for it has me. to be in my decision making. It has mm. to be in the forefront of my mind of like, all right, what 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 life am I creating for myself? Because I and I think a lot of people will f- heart sink and my heart sinks a little bit in thinking about like, I don't even know what that is anymore. And it may take you months to years to be like to get back to that playful stage. Shout out to all the moms that are like. I know for me being a young mom, uh, that felt like it was ripped from me. And so then there's like this healing that has to happen and this grief of like, damn, I didn't have time to just Mm -hmm. while out, quote unquote, or do, you know, think about myself and only my fucking self and buy shit from myself. But that has to be our priority because I think it's, it's connected to our salvation and in so many ways. And like I feel like that's what pleasure activism was about. That's what Audre Lorde is about. And I'm just really understanding the, the depth and the gravity that these women are like fucking talking about. It's beyond just race. It's like, it's humanity that's at stake. Yes. It's, it's not just black women. I mean, we, we are in the margins. We're feeling it the most. So much is on us and we're deprived of so much possibility, it feels like. But it's for everybody, probably especially white people, because they're the most caught up in this. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But I really <sighs> want to hear. I know we have male listeners and I'm really curious because obviously we're two women to folks that identify as women, born as women, experience life as women. I really am so curious to one hear what what the men's thoughts are on this and not their thoughts on women. On like, yeah, women gotta center themselves for their pleasure. I wanna know like, do you feel performative? Do you mm-hmm. feel caught up in this capitalist matrix? I wanna hear from folks who especially don't subscribe to gender mm-hmm. norms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I've been learning with a lot of um, folks in my life who, you know, are in the LGBTQIA plus community, there are so many fucked up dynamics in that world. Oh, my God. Gender norms exist are so alive and well in so many of those relationships. And I'm just like, wait, what? The bottom versus the this, the femme versus the it's just like wow, we still can't escape it. We can't escape it. Even when we push back, even when our our actual beings push against what was created for us, we still, it trickles into our lives. It's there, permeating. Imperialism, capitalist, patriarchy, white supremacy is in our bones. It's not like, ha, 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 this little theory over here. No. no, it's we live it, breathe it, live it, and are and love it. We love it. We mm. love it. <sighs> well, so I don't know if you got any. Definitely, I don't know if you got any answers this episode. 
Just these are all questions to ask yourself. Damn. I no, I think you said it. I think it's in disrupting our expectations of ourselves, of our partners. It's it's it, first being aware of it of like, oh, I'm doing this thing right now. I'm having sex and I'm completely out of my body or mm. um I don't know what it's like to have fun. I don't know what pleasure is mm. like. And then doing the hard work of of going inward and and look and searching and pr- trying to practice it, it's I've, you end up in a random bar with an Indian guy. Girl, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Rashid should fight you. I um, I told him. No, I I'm sure, I'm sure he was just like, oh okay, what was that? What was that like? <laughs> what do you say? Um, last thing for me is that I've been taking a lot of yoga lately. Mm. And so, you know, you take yoga and they're like, your practice is your practice. And even yoga has been. Come on, capitalist. Yeah. It's it's an industrial complex of white people teaching yoga. Yeah. It's been a lot of that. (laughs) And, but anyway, the, the idea of it is to just be present and to see yourself and, and be as you are. So I would be so curious, like curious to adapt that in my everyday life. And of course I would hope that would trickle on into sex. Like what if I was having sex and was like, all right, I'm present. And maybe I fell out of my, you know, in yoga, if you fall out of your, your flying warrior or whatever, Not a flying it, you're warrior. supposed to just, right. You're supposed to just accept that. Yeah. And, Continue forward, right? Continue your practice. Your practice is your practice. So what if in sex, you know, it's not that great that night, quote unquote. And what if you were okay with that and you and your partner were okay? What if you didn't have an orgasm that night, but you had so many other things? You had so many, you had laughs. You had, for the first time, your partner may have, I don't, there's people having sex with their shirts on. Or your partner may say, I don't like that. Right. What if, that makes me feel uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I'd rather do X. Or I don't know what to do. I don't know what the other possibility is, but this yeah, doesn't sh- feel good. And right. can can we imagine that? Imagine. Flaccid. What do dry. what do you want? What do you want? I I, I love I always I my favorite thing to ask somebody who I'm intimate with is what do you want? What do you like? Show me. Guide me. I'm putting your hands right on my waist. Show me. (laughs) If my hands are on your penis, show me. I want to see. I want to learn. And then we can do all the other shit. But I don't know. I don't know if we're in practice. We we just. I'm. I. I am. I am moving forward in it. I have to. I think again. It's. 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 It's the only way because this other shit is unsustainable and it's not going to work. All right, well, you and keep offline. You tell me how that go, girl. I'm going to hear all the details. Oh. Of what? Of these what? kind of things? Yeah. I think, I mean, before even I I uh, pr- practice that with my partner, I'm trying to figure out what pleases me by myself. Well, before we know I- breasts, nipples. No. <laughs> not, I'm, and I'm not, that's not even sexual. That's not okay. even sexual. That oh, I see. Me, that it feels like. <laughs> Look at me trying to help you. We know this one. <laughs> no. 
I want you to feel as good as possible, Shanti. <laughs> you, you like your nipples licked, so <laughs> let's start there. No. Um, yeah, I, for, I forgot the train of thought. I'm but sorry. I'm sorry. If you guys want to read this in entirety, we just took snippets out. You can go to the Boston Review. It's online. Brianne Foz, not to be confused with Brianne of Tar. <laughs> And the name of this article is Nine Ways That Capitalism Is Ruining Your Sex Life. If you want to also tap into more into the the politics of pleasure and the revolutionary acts of enjoyment and being in your body and being present, um, you guys should check out Adrienne Marie Brown's Pleasure Activism. We talked about it. We should go back to that. I feel like we've learned. I think we're like different people from even. I hope so. Us reading that. Little dummies. And then Audre Lorde is mentioned in this. Um, oh, God. What is it? Audre Lorde is. is erotic. Is, um, she has this an amazing essay. Uh, something erotic. The politics of erotic. Yeah. But while Shanti Uses looks at of that. the erotic. The Erotic oh, yeah. as Power by Audre Lorde. That is something we should read at the top of the motherfucking month because jam Also, you can listen to it on YouTube if you don't have the time to sit and read it, but try to make that time. Also, we can link this, this um, link for this article in the description to make sure that everybody has it accessible in case for you didn't the- write down while Shanti was saying it. For all the young folks that are reading and they're like, I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about, capitalism, whatever, you're you're beginning to dive into these meaty um, social things. I, the only thing you can take away from this is that you there's so much power in your choice and practicing making wholehearted, conscious decisions for yourself is going to take you so far it's going to take you so far so oh and to read that listen to that um the daily Ah, my words are escaping me and I don't have these notes down but I I will we'll put that in the link too because that was a game changer I said wow this is journalism at its finest (laughs) these niggas Hmm. very good I love this episode Shanti all right, y'all. I really did. I enjoyed it as well. All right. And so we should. The next one, someone oh. said we should just drink. <laughs> to go ahead, you and can dr- numbing myself. You, you want to know what made me sad was that I took an edible this episode. I took half of one. I don't feel shit. This lady told me to try these ones instead of my tried and true ones, where I only need like a quarter of one. Oh. And these joints ain't nothing. They were a little cheaper, and that's why I bought them too. But. We should do a That's drinking an episode. You could drink. I can't drink anymore. I'll take oh. an edible. All right. Where, wherever you were at Mimosa, Makosa, wherever you were with uh, Jade two I weeks wasn't ago, drunk. you were I was high. Mikosa. I was high. She was, you can just see it in her face. She just softened Smiling, into happy. a young child. Yes. You just look like a child. I said, Internet is. And high. I was in charge of the money. These people were so annoyed with me. They were. <laughs> when they were buying their food, this is an aside, y'all. They were buying their food and they were like, and Jade had this bright idea of no cash. And I was like, bitch, what? Because she, 
Really, it was because she didn't have a bank. Because everybody wants cash instead of this, these transactions. Mm-hmm. So she was like, oh, we can do Venmo or we can do a cash app. And it was too bright outside for anybody to scan her. Like, a mess. What, what is that? The little yeah, the barcode. barcode thing to pay mm-hmm. her. So I had to keep spelling it out and then taking people's phones and writing it in. Oh. And I was high and worried about <laughs> monkeypox. So I had like gloves on. The gloves were messing stuff up. So finally, I like broke up boxes and like wrote in crayons, like the names of her stuff. But people still couldn't get it. And when I tell you, it was taking me quite a while to figure it out. I was like, Damn you it. want Venmo? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had her phone, so I had to type in her password every time, and I could hardly Slow. remember it. Look for the app, and I was like, okay, not yet. I don't have it yet. It didn't I go can through. Only and they're like, imagine. They're like, bitch, I paid with Cash App. I was like, oh, wrong app. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Bad ideas. That. Anyway, high internet is a great internet. I don't care what Jeez, anybody you says. Are, you are. Carefree. Yes. All right. All right. With that, we are out. You have just heard an Around Away Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around Away Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. My lips are creeping up your neck you shiver and try to pull back and forth and back and forth with it you're a star that's what you said You said